Welcome to the Global Connection, a Tel Aviv University podcast. Journey with us as we discover how TAU's academic community and friends are engaging with and helping to shape this ever-changing world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Global Connection. Today, I have with me here in the studio, renowned diplomat, entrepreneur, and academic Dr. Ronan Hoffman, who is the head of a new international program at Tel Aviv University called Exploration, Leadership, and Innovation, or ELI for short. The program proposes to turn the idea of a gap year on its head and offers a college preparatory program for Jewish youth from around the world, anchored in academic excellence, leadership training, and immersive learning and exploration, and which centers engagement with Judaism, Jewish culture, and the startup nation. Uh, welcome, Ronan. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no, it's great to have you here. Um, now, I know before your this new beginning for you, you've had quite the um, illustrious career. So with that in mind, I wanted to ask you a few questions about that before we jump into the program. Um, so even to take you back a little bit, um, from my understanding, when you began your career, it was as a press and information officer for the Israeli consulate, um, and then you worked as an assistant for uh, late Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about you know, diplomacy, politics, was this always something that you really wanted to be involved in? Yeah, I guess I was always fascinated by um, communities uh, and by relations between groups, between communities, between nations, international relations, political science. And so uh, I was a student here at Tel Aviv University. Okay. And I enjoyed uh, my studies here so much. And I was really inspired by my lecturers, my teachers here, uh, to try to get involved in the relations between Israel and other nations or other countries. So when I've done, when I've ended my studies, I was looking to get involved in a diplomacy, uh, diplomatic relations, you know, uh, work for an embassy, for a consulate. And the circumstances brought me to um, Atlanta, Georgia, and that's how I started. Okay, okay. I have many more questions about that and about your your diplomacy career, working with other nations. I do have to ask what it was like working under Rabin, though, before we continue to other questions. This is this is a good question. This is something that um, it's really difficult to describe in words, because when you work with a leader, and Yitzhak Rabin was a great leader, um, there are so many things that inspire you and that you, you learn from uh, the leader uh, and the person who you, you work with. Um, and, you know, it takes time, decades took me, to realize what I've learned from, from Itzhak Rabin. Um, and um, now when I look back, I'm really thinking and I believe that many of the uh, decisions and, and choices that I've made in my life in terms of um, the desire to teach leadership, the desire to even uh, get involved in, in politics um, and in international relations, as I mentioned. Um, I was really uh, inspired by Rabin, and it brought me to understand how people uh, can get inspired uh, by, by leaders, not necessarily political leaders, but leaders of all kinds. Okay, okay. 
Now, a good part of your career has been spent specifically on the relationship between Syria and Israel. Um, so um, early on, you work with the prime minister's office um, on negotiations. From there, you ended up doing a PhD on the subject. Um, so can you tell me what was it about this particular relationship that that inspired you to spend so much time thinking about it um, critically and, and working on the issue? Right. I think I think that um, my interest has been around conflict management and conflict resolution. The Israeli-Syrian conflict was just a case study, okay. uh, which I happened to be, and I was like fortunate enough to be involved in negotiations. Uh, by the way, under the former president of Tel Aviv University and our ambassador to the U.S., Professor Itamar Rabinovich, who was my mentor. Uh, but um, I, my interest is about conflict resolution and about, I would say, um, the cultural and the psychological aspects of conflict and crisis and conflict resolution, how you can resolve conflict by um, addressing the psychological and cultural aspects, not just the political and the security aspects. Okay. Um, well, and that brings me to towards the end of your PhD, if I'm getting the timeline correctly. Um, you co-founded the International Institute for Counterterrorism, um, which is a globally renowned institute. It's focused on what you're talking about, uh, from my understanding, conflict resolution. Um, so can you, can you tell me how that came about then? Yes, when I um, participated in the peace talks in Washington, D.C., um, under the, uh, Professor Rabinovich and Prime Minister Rabin, um, I got to know the uh, think tanks, policy-oriented th think tanks, as a phenomena of a combination of, of critical thinking and creative thinking of experts and practitioners of how to improve policy. And I thought at that time that it would be great to bring such a um, concept uh, to Israel and create think tanks here in Israel. Uh, so I uh, got together with uh, my good friend Boaz Ganor, who is an expert on counterterrorism. And together we founded um, the Institute for Counterterrorism as a policy-oriented think tank based on uh, applied research, but really um, advising policymakers and decision makers throughout the world how to cope with, again, the psychological aspects of terrorism uh, and other aspects as well. So um, I think that this world of think tanks, of policy-oriented um, sessions, groups, roundtables, conferences, workshops, uh, to combine academic thinking, critical thinking, and practical thinking and implementation is really something that um, I'm, I'm interested in. Okay. Well, it reminds me of that idea that we really can't work in a vacuum, right? And so there's, there's the work that we want to do, but then there's the tools and the training and the education that makes it that much more um, potent in a way, um, that, that sort of wanting to realize a vision. Um, so... For you, a, a lot of your work has been bound up with that. Um, but I noticed another sort of strain in your, in your um, career and what you've done. Um, a lot of it has been focused on youth development as well. Um, so that brings me to Camp Kimama. Um, from my understanding, it's the largest summer camp in Israel. Um, there are also sites around the world. 
So, you know, on one end, we have think tanks and treaty negotiations and peace negotiations. And then on the other hand, we have a summer camp. So tell me, you know, there, there's got to be a good story behind that. How did, <laughs> how did that um, come about? Yeah, so uh, when I was a student here, I was sent by the Jewish agency to be a counselor at the summer camp, the Jewish summer camp uh, in Atlanta, of course. Okay. That's so, um, and, you know, it was when I, when I um, went to camp in the States, it was already after I've been many, for many years in the Israeli scouts, in the Israeli army. And I was, it was a good surprise, but I was surprised to realize that a uh, camp experience, a summer camp experience, is so powerful, um, maybe even more powerful than anything else I've experienced until then. And um, it, it, I remember that moment when I thought to myself, well, it's very nice to take uh, a piece of Israel in my uh, backpack, go to the, to the diaspora and, and give them a taste of Israel, but why not to bring young people here to the real place, to Israel? to experience Israel by having a summer camp, a real Israeli summer camp, international summer camp, but here in Israel. So um, that's that's how the idea came to my mind. And I founded uh, the first, uh, uh, you know, Israeli international, Jewish Israeli international summer camp. And, and, and I think I'm not part of Kimama anymore, but it's, it's my baby, you know, I founded it. And um, it makes me so proud to see that so many young people, young, you know, campers and, 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 and camp staff come from all over the world to Israel. And uh, not only coming to Israel, but also spending the summer with Israeli peers, mm -hmm. which really, you know, it's, there's no, um, you know, more powerful um, living bridge that I, I can think of. I mean, this is the most powerful thing to bridge and to bond between young people from the Jewish communities and and um, and Israel. Okay. If you were to look back on your career, would you say there's a moment or initiative that you're most proud of? Wow, that that is a hard one. I mean, I think it's a combination of uh, several. And and you know, you said that uh, summer camps is one thing or one world, and then politics is another. But actually, they are not that far from each other. So for me, I think the combination of uh, you know working with people, with communities, whether it's summer camp or other camps like Camp David for negotiations, mm -hmm. the camp experience, the community experience, the leadership, and the thinking of how to really um, try to help to, the, the world to become a little bit better mm -hmm. uh, with people, together with people. I think that combination really is uh, the... the, the the peak of what I'm trying to to do throughout my career. Okay. Now you've you've been a member of the Knesset too. Um, so, how does that shift in terms of that thinking of bringing people together, of community action? Um, does it shift your approach a bit when you're you're actually in politics as well? Yes, it did. In a way that, um, again, as I said, there are so many. Um, so many levels and so many uh, places or, or, or fields uh, to be a member of a community and a leader. Not necessarily political leaders or political leadership. And in the Knesset, you see people who got, who got elected and you see the beauty of democracy. And some of the people uh, 
come to the Knesset with experience in political science and in other, but some of the people not, don't necessarily have the experience before they get elected. And they're still authentic representatives of, the commun- of their communities, mm-hmm. which is, again, part of the beauty of democracy. So, so in the Knesset, you get to work with uh, people from different fields, diff- different areas, all elected by the public. And it's very dynamic, but also, uh, you know, you get to fight for your values and for your political platform and for your political party. And so there are clashes of ideas, clashes of views. Um, and, um, you know, there's a positive side when uh, it's, being, uh, it's being done in a, in, in a constructive way, but it's a negative side when um, people treat each other as rivals and enemies at some, sometimes. So you get, a, again, a combination of the beauty of democracy, but also some challenges mm-hmm. that we as a society, not only here in Israel, but in the world, uh, challenges that we need to cope with. Okay. Now, admittedly, um, what I know you for as a Canadian um, is that you were most recently the um, Israel's ambassador to Canada. And in January, uh, from my understanding, you ended up stepping down because you felt like the integrity of the position was being compromised by some of the actions um, that the government was taking. Um, so I have to ask, that must have been a difficult decision. Um, so, yeah, can you can you sort of just walk me through what you were thinking at the time? Yes, um, I... First of all, I really enjoyed being uh, the ambassador. You know, some of or most of the skills that I've uh, had an opportunity to develop throughout uh, my career, uh, I could really use them as an ambassador, uh, focusing not only on diplomatic and political affairs, but also on innovation and entrepreneurship and cooperation of research and development between Israel and Canada. I really enjoyed it. But at some point, when there was a change in the government and change in, in, in policy here in Israel, I really felt that my integrity requires me to uh, step down, to resign, because I, um, I was a political appointee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have ambassadors that are career diplomats most, in most of the cases, mm-hmm. but there are 11 or 12 political appointees that the government appoints um, as head of missions around the world. And I was one of those 11 political appointees. So... After the, the elections and when there was such a dramatic change, not only in the government, but also in a policy, I felt that my integrity requires me to leave and to let the new government to appoint someone who may feel more comfortable to represent the government and the values of the government, the policy of the government. And I did not. So I didn't think, as much as I enjoyed, I didn't think I should really... Uh, you know, hold on to the position. Okay. Uh, and I that's why I resigned. Okay. Well, I have to say for me personally, integrity is one of the biggest uh, qualities I look for in a leader. Um, and admittedly, I would, I would say that you have a number of qualities related to leadership, um, which actually brings me back to this exploration, leadership, and innovation program. Um, so I know... Teaching leadership is a large component of what um, 
you um, and um, the the members running the program uh, will be doing. Um, so can you can you talk about that a little bit? How do you how do you even teach leadership? Yeah. So so first of all, I always believed that uh, the seeds of of leadership are planted in um, at a young age. So I believe that if you support the next generation, the young generation in teaching leadership skills, uh, it's the best investment you can make, you know, for humanity. Okay. And um, and 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 by the way, that's you know that's why I, I founded Kemkimama and I and I really joined teaching. Um, and yes, leadership is a field, is an academic field, and it's a practical not only field, but a world that, you know, people actually lead other people or lead communities and lead nations or corporates or anything, any any group of people. Um, and um, with the time, there have been some models and some theoretical uh, thinking and critical thinking of leaderships, different kind of leaderships, uh, different skills of leadership. And so, yes, there is an academic field Called leadership, uh, divided to subfields, and this is something you can teach in class, but not only in class. It has to be experiential. It has to include some practical um, experience, uh, and uh, you know you can do it through workshops, through meetings with um, with leaders and with entrepreneurs. Um, and at the same time, some of the skills require critical thinking, problem solving conflict uh, resolution, negotiations, and these things could be uh, thought as academic fields as well as uh, experiential experience, uh, I mean, activities. And, and, and this unique program that we offer is exactly that. It's a combination between world-class academic training uh, and extracurricular activities and mentorship opportunities for, for the participants with Israeli leaders and Israeli uh, key figures. And that combination, I think, is very unique and, and very promising. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit more about, um, so Eli, again for short, Exploration, Leadership and Innovation. Um, so, yeah, so tell me just generally about the program. Like, what, what can students expect um, if they enroll? What, what, does, what does it look like? First of all, it's a um, again. It's a it's a for me and and I think for my partners that uh, together designed the program here at Tel Aviv University. Um, it's a, a great bridge uh, for young people from around the world to come to Israel and be with Israelis and experience Israel at Tel Aviv University. And um, and this is so important these days. Uh, talking about community, talking about about common values talking about relations uh, and commitment. So, um, so, so I think that, that it's not only about inviting and bringing young people, students from all over the world to Israel, but it's about um, really help them to prepare themselves for the future, uh, for university life and college life, and also for uh, their role in, the commu- in their own communities. Uh, and so the program offers a very unique set of uh, tools or skills. Uh, and uh, again, very high academic level, but also lots of activities outside the campus. Uh, 
Um, some of the of the activities would be here at Tel Aviv University, um, you know, get, getting experienced with, uh, And, and, and working together with uh, some of the um, you know most uh, powerful um, academic institutions within the university uh, dealing with cybersecurity with artificial intelligence and with uh, the best of science and human thoughts here at the university but at the same time visiting sites around Israel meeting with Israeli leaders um, and uh, and being with Israeli peers so this is something which is very unique and it's it's about leadership but it's also about Jewish peoplehood um, and you know it combines uh, uh, um, dealing with the with uh, the collective identity of us as a people um, being ex- you know getting experience of uh, of in campus out of campus uh, a lot of uh, experiential learning uh, you know there's some uh, learning in a classroom but also a lot of outside the classroom as well okay you Uh, from my understanding it taps in a little bit to into startup nation um, the you know even Tel Aviv University I know it was voted number two in the world as a university for producing uh, uh, unicorn founders of unicorn companies so companies worth a billion or more um, so there's a pretty impressive track record there and um, this program will also be engaging with sort of the entrepreneurship and innovation community at TAU and in Israel more widely. Um, is that correct? Or? Yes, exactly. So again, we go back to leadership and you see Tel Aviv University's role as a leader in producing some of the best solutions to global challenges, uh, which is connected to the role of Israel uh, you know, as a leader in the world of being spearhead of innovation for good, helping uh, the world, the entire world to cope with some challenges by uh, entrepreneurship, by innovation, by, by really inventing uh, the future solutions to innovation present and future challenges and of course so this program LI program would uh, do exactly that would get the participants to learn and to uh, get experience and to, to get a taste of what uh, entrepreneurial leadership is all about okay now the other part and, and you have been talking about this a bit um, but I understand um, it is also a college preparatory program and so there are four credit courses that the students will be taking and Um, so can you talk about that aspect of it? The program is sort of a bridge between high school and getting ready for for university and what comes beyond university? Yes, exactly. It's a college preparatory program and the students uh, will choose four credit classes from different areas. Uh, Israel and the Middle East, uh, environment and sustainability, entrepreneurship and innovation, Jewish peoplehood, and the best of science and human thoughts. All uh, these fields will be offered to the students and um, yes, they will choose four credit classes across from, from, from these fields. Okay. And when, when does the program begin? It's a brand new program, so cohort number one, when are they showing up? So we're looking at August 24. Okay. Um, and uh, the program uh, would be for either a year, an academic year or six months. Uh, participants uh, would be chosen. able to choose um, so yeah we'll be we'll begin in the, at the end of uh, this coming summer okay wonderful well I wish you much luck with it it's a really exciting new program and excited. I'm excited to see where it goes thank you thank you so much thank you you 